Welcome to the Liberty Moms Show. I'm Chris Kimball hosting today. Liberty Moms are the real defenders of the home front when it comes to their children, their families, and their communities. They're the real department of defense. And uh, we're part of the Loving Liberty Network. We love being associated with other like-minded, liberty-minded individuals. And it's an honor for you to tune in and be listening to us today. And I'm excited. I've got a couple of guests today that we're going to be chatting with. The first one uh, is Pamela Smith, and we're going to talk about how this summer you can actually be teaching your children principles of liberty at a Patriot or Liberty camp. And then we've got um, a guest coming on later who is a whistleblower, who is part of our education system here in Utah. So stay with us because... Uh, This person is going to expose some very alarming things that's happening in our school system. But first of all, Pamela Smith, thank you for joining me, Pamela. So glad to be here. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Pamela has been, in the past, part of our Liberty Moms lineup. She is a Liberty Mom herself. In fact, she has uh, set up a, your particular camp is called Camp Freedom. Is that correct? It is. It's Camp Freedom. Yes, and so it's a. Th- this was inspired about ten years ago, and in Utah we picked up this concept and uh, started creating these uh, liberty camps, freedom camps, whatever you want to call it. And it's a way for our children during the summer to get a intensive day camp experience for a full week. It's just three hours out of the day, but they get to hear. Um, amazing stories about our the founding of our nation, about our founding fathers and mothers, and about the Constitution and the principles. And Pamela and her friends up in Morgan County have set up Camp Freedom to do that. So, Pamela, explain a little bit more about how the camp works so that parents have an idea of what their children would be experiencing. Absolutely. Well, you know, we have different people that come as specific, significant figures from history. And they, those who have helped lay the foundation of our great nation, and they come and they actually portray that person. And they have, um, they, it's interactive. They're able to speak with them, ask questions. They tell about maybe some special stories in history that you've never heard in the classroom. I know when I first took my grandchildren four years ago to a Patriot camp, I had never heard about half of the stories that were, that were shared. And it was just really heartwarming and to have them have the opportunity to speak with somebody that has studied that individual and can can make history come alive. And so, yeah, they uh, that's what kind of got me to 
have the desire to do a camp right in my local local area. And so okay. we're in Morgan County, but but we're in the Mountain Green area. So we have people that come from Ogden and Syracuse and even from the Salt Lake area that are coming to to experience a Camp Freedom with us. We're really excited. Well, I am so thrilled that you have kept this camp going because last year the the Patriot camps across the state shut down because of COVID, and you were the only one who stayed open and uh, still provided this amazing training that our children need now more than ever. Our children need to understand what fundamental rights are because, unfortunately, most adults don't even understand what those rights are. And so they're not able to, to, to be hearing it from their parents, and it's not taught in the classroom. And so this type of um, environment where they're outside in a park, learning stations of, I think they're 15-minute rotations, something like that, 15, 20 we do ours in 20 minute um, we do ours in 20 minute segments because we have a great big beautiful bowery it's the Morgan stake bowery but it's located um, in Cottonwood uh, or at 4222 Cottonwood Canyon Road in Mountain Green and so it's it's really about five minutes from just off the um, i-84 as you come up the canyon the first exit off. And you're right, Chris, it's, it's outside. There is a beautiful spirit in, in that area, and they do. They just rotate. We have youth leaders, fantastic youth leaders that come, and they help keep the kids, um, you know, going in the right directions. They get a T-shirt. They get um, a snack during that time. We try and make some of them applicable to the time. So we'll have, you know, Thomas Jefferson sweet potato biscuits, which were one of his favorite. I've never heard of those before, but I sure love, love having them every year. They're a once a year treat for me. Um, they also do a craft and on Friday we have a special speaker that will come and speak specifically about a topic, um, this year, we're going to have the Sons of the Revolution come and do an amazing presentation with the flag ceremony. We'll have the children actually perform some of the music they'll, that they'll learn during the week so that they can have, um, their parents can see what they've been able to experience. And, you know, it's it's a priceless experience for a very low cost and... Yeah, what is the cost for parents to register a child? You know, the cost is $55. We, we invite ages 5 to 12 to come. We love having youth leaders if they have older brothers and sisters, um, ages 13 and up, and those are free. All youth leaders are free. And um, we offer for parents who want to come volunteer and help, maybe at one of the stations, we offer a $15 discount per child. So if they want to do that, it's only $40 for five days of amazing activities. Yeah, you, it's, it's a very economical bargain and the quality of instruction and the experience that the children have. I know my kids, grandkids have been going and they look forward to it every single summer. And we've taken them up to, to Morgan and we live in, they live in South Jordan, Centerville, and, and we still drive up there. Now, you've got, you still got some spaces available in your camp. How would people get registered? You know what? I would love to um, 
have them. I have a Google document. I man, how am I going to get that? Is it an email? Do you have what? How could they get in touch? Yes, you can email me at p a m b r e t s k y at gmail dot com, and I will send you the flyer and all of the any information that you need. And we would, or you can.、Um, Yeah, I think that's probably the best way to contact me. And I want the listeners to know that I will post her email address because we have another camp in Lehigh. So if you're more on the southern end of the、um, or central part of the Valley area, you can go to the camp in Lehigh. They're still having some openings. There's a camp in. Draper on Monday, but that one is full. They're completely full, and those are the only three that we know of this particular summer. So, in the show notes, I will include the contact information for the Pamela Smith Camp, that's Camp Freedom up in Morgan, and also the Liberty's Light. That's the name of the camp down in Lehigh. And、uh, again, it's—I、uh, don't know if you still need volunteers, but it's a great leadership mentoring program for the children that are. 13 to 18 to be in those leadership roles, and and the young kids love looking up to that age group. And you know that is so true, Chris. I mean, really, I wish I. The reason why I want to do it is because when I went, I wished I would have had something that sparked the spirit of liberty in me when I was young. I remember thinking history was really boring, and my grandkids last year after we finished the camp, they were saying, "Grandma, can we do Camp Freedom again next month?" And I, you know, of course, there's a little letdown because there、yeah. is so much work to go into it. But oh, I, there is. But Pamela, we, we're kind of winding down. Tell our listeners what week your camp is. Our week is July twelfth through the sixteenth, Monday、okay. through Friday. It goes from nine a.m. to noon each day. Okay, perfect. So that's that. the twelfth through the sixteenth, and then if that week doesn't work, the six the、uh, the following week will be the nineteenth through the twenty third, I believe. Yes, that will be the camp in Lehigh. So. Pamela, thank you for all your work, and、uh, stay with us here on the Liberty Mom Show. We've got more coming up with our whistleblower talking about what's going on in our classroom here in Utah. Hairballs have hairballs. Marquette Mama, she's ten years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zippy and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them to live long, healthy, happy lives. D i n o v i t e dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I'd seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl, just to get them used to it. Because I know if I 
believe it's which one little thing they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Awesome and amazing day. Hey there, friends. It's John and Chelsea Jubilee. And today we have a message for you women out there. Are you premenopausal, postmenopausal, or maybe you're in the middle of menopause right now? Ouch. Listen, we have thousands of clients that have reported reversing all of their symptoms of menopause. Or maybe you have thyroid imbalances. Same thing for those women. Listen, this is your time. Absolutely. You can reverse all of those symptoms and you can be your real joyful, exuberant, and lean self again. Ladies, I don't care if six doctors told you you can't lose that fat after menopause or in menopause. You can. We have done it hundreds and hundreds of times, even in a medical setting, documented. So make your action call today. Log on to EnergizeHealth.com, EnergizeHealth.com, or call 888-444-8895. That's 888-444-8895. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one. One easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball is hosting today, and we are moving into a another segment. Last time while I was hosting, I had on Jenny Earl from the State School Board, and we were trying to give an in-depth understanding of critical race theory and what it would look like or what it could look like in our public school system. And we talked about the state central committee that the Republican Party had just held that weekend and how the Republican uh, leadership of the Republican Party, the state central committee, had passed a resolution uh, stating that we do not want critical race theory or the precepts of that taught to our children in our classrooms. And it's a way for us to help the legislators next year when they get ready to pass any sort of bills that they will understand that they have the support of the Republican Party and they are hearing from a lot of parents and that is what has brought up the um, the whole issue is kind of just blown up. And at that state central committee meeting, we had some witnesses that were there to speak in favor of the resolution because they are actually in the classroom. They are actually seeing the way this uh, theology, we, we talked about last time with Jenny Earl, how this is almost a religion. It, it takes on the, a certain belief system. 
and uh, it is definitely not based on anything that has real Christian principles in it at all, but it's a theology. And so my next guest is, she's coming forward as a whistleblower, and she has to come forward anonymously because her job would be in jeopardy because she does teach in our Utah school system. And I'm going to just refer to her as Anne as we have our discussion. And so, Anne, thank you for joining us today here on the Liberty Mom Show. And you definitely are what I would call the quintessential Liberty Mom because you're willing to speak out even under the the threat of of losing your job. You know, and we're keeping, we're protecting your 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 anonymity, uh, anonymity here, but we just really appreciate that you would come forward to, to speak with us today. Well, I'm happy to do it. I think it's important. Well, there was a post on Facebook mm-hmm. that I read earlier in the week, and we are in June, and June has been designated as the Pride Month for the LGBTQ community, and it looks like those flags are showing up in our classrooms. And a lot of people are concerned about that and why we have something that has more of a political nature and a ideology that it's promoting, why that is showing up in our classrooms. And what does that do to our students when they see that kind of uh, material just displayed there at school? So it it does a lot of things, especially when uh, parents are active in their students' lives and they monitor their their social media use and their technology use. They come to school and they see signs and symbols and terminology that they just don't understand. And the words used in staff meetings are words like, we need to normalize, we need to make an effort to normalize, and we need to engage in um, impromptu conversations with our kids. And so these, these signs are put up in, in many ways, not to make kids feel safe and welcome, but as a way to initiate conversations for kids when their curiosity is piqued. Um, there, there are signs everywhere, um, recruiting signs for organizations even, that make kids go, huh, what is that? Um, it's, it's very interesting. And the conversation that surrounds that inside the building is, is really about how can we have one conversation about this and normalize it this week. Let's make our goal be one, or let's make our goal be three conversations with kids. And it's not in an instructional capacity um, unless it's under the guise of social and emotional learning or restorative practices. Then then it will be an instructional thing. But a lot of times they just put up all this propaganda to get kids to wonder what it is. And it's, it's interesting. So, Anne, you're... You're a teacher and educator. Mm-hmm. Are all the teachers buying into this, or are there some like you that are seeing this and, and going, wow, this is not what I signed up to be as an educator, you know, pushing an agenda and an ideology? So I think there are people like me. Um, I, I know of a few, but we don't – we don't make ourselves known because the bullying that comes after that is hard and fast. 
Um, to even voice our opinions will reflect in our teacher evaluation. Um, there are, are things that happen following the challenging of the narrative that are really harsh, and it's really unfortunate. I've seen another number of teachers leave the profession for good. Um, I've seen others that were not just bullied out of their jobs, they were bullied out of their careers. And so the, the consequences can be staggering. But I, I do believe that there are many who, who believe that what is happening in schools is wrong on every level, but to speak out about it is very difficult. You and I had a discussion about the different flags that they had at, at I believe it was your school in particular, and how there was a flag from every country to help the students connect to maybe their country of origin and how they've come from all different countries and now they're here. And interestingly enough, the American flag was missing, but they had a pride flag as if that was coming from a country. That doesn't even make sense logically. No, it doesn't. Um, But there's countries from across the globe that are represented that represent the students and their heritage Oddly enough, among them is the pride flag, but there is no American flag. How did we evolve to that? How did we, I mean, we're in Utah. This is supposed to be the bastion, the, like the reddest of red states, and yet we don't even have a United States flag being represented in that environment? It, it's sad. It's very sad. So this is something that's really come down the wire in a very rapid pace because it seems, I mean, almost since 2015 when uh, we had some law, uh, SB 295 and SB 296 were passed that put uh, gay, uh, same-sex language as, as special protection. We, we've seen an acceleration of that indoctrination and ideology being forced on our children in the classrooms. Absolutely. So it's no longer hidden. It's an overt plan. There are initiatives adopted in school districts. Exactly. We meet a certain threshold by a certain date. Right. It's way out in the open because before we used to have to go in and uh, make sure that they weren't teaching uh, in special sex education classes, they weren't uh, promoting homosexual behavior or teaching that, that it was abstinence only. And, and now it's, they don't even care about that. They're just full blown, you know, in high gear. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know uh, we're, we're coming into a short break, but uh, I think that uh, I have a parent um, story for that for you. Uh, okay. That, that I experienced with my own child. Okay, so I'll let our listeners know if you just joined us. Anne is a whistleblower. That's not her real name. And she's an educator here in the Utah school system. And she's sharing some of what she's experiencing herself firsthand. So stay with us. We've got a short break here on the Liberty Mom Show, and we'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Liberty Mom Show, part of the Loving Liberty Network. Liberty Moms are the defenders of the home front, the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their family, their children, and their community. I'm Chris Kimball hosting today, and I have as my guest, Anne, that is not her real name. She's a whistleblower. She works in our public school system, and because of the nature of information that she's sharing with us, which is just educating us on what's going on in the classroom, what your children, if you have your children in public school, this is what they could be experiencing. And she is letting us know so that we as parents will know what to do and and what actions that we need to take. So, Anne, before the last break, you were mentioning about a parent that had come to you, a mom. Uh, Oh, yes. So, um, there, there was a parent who, whose child was in uh, the, a secondary institution here in this state, and as a result of uh, a discussion in, believe it or not, a, a civics class um, or a social studies class, they were discussing uh, current events, and one of the things that was discussed was the, the LG, LGBTQ movement and some of the things that, that coalesce and, and collide with that. And there was a young man who was a straight male, and the the crux of the story is when when this young man expressed his discomfort with the conversation, the teacher actually instructed that child, and at 14 years old, you are a child, um, they instructed that child that if he was not attracted to a trans woman, that he had deeply rooted bigotry he needed to come to terms with so that he could be attracted to a trans woman or a girl with a penis. And, and that's a public school example of something that happened um, not, not even four years ago. So that's a teacher? That was a teacher telling this student? Mm-hmm. You see, yes. that's the thing with the transgender issue. Who are they supposed to date? Who's supposed to like them? Are they transitioning so that they can have a relationship with, if it's a trans girl, does she want to just, have a relationship with a guy she might as well just be gay and and have that relationship with a guy i i don't understand it and then to have i mean to have that type of morality being forced on our children when that is the small minority of our children are having those particular issues that they're dealing with whether it's same-sex attraction or transgender, uh, gender dysphoria. It's not the, the majority, but they're wanting us to feel that it is, and they want everyone else to normalize and, uh, and, and support it. it. Well, exactly. And, you know, there are people in this world that you're just not attracted to. <laughs> and it, it's not because of deeply rooted bigotry. It's because you're just not attracted to pers- that person. Maybe you don't like the color of their hair. M- maybe, you know, they remind you of someone who was once mean to you. The, there's lots of reasons people are not attracted to other people. But to call it out as a bias and bigotry is is just wrong. And to force that mindset upon children a 14-year-old child comes home and, and says, I don't understand why, why, why me not being attracted to a girl with a penis is wrong. That's very confusing to a young person. And it's first of all, it's just not appropriate for the classroom. That is not an appropriate conversation to be happening as a classroom discussion. 
It it is not. And and the classroom is designed to educate children on how to think and get get around in their lives and become thinkers, critical thinkers, and learn math skills and language skills and science and it doesn't have to involve all these social issues. It's not the place for schools, but yet our schools have been hijacked. We've, we've already talked about this. This has gone on. And this is what, this is what's there. If you're choosing to leave your child in this environment as a parent, you really have to go in and talk to these teachers and really get a feel for where they're coming from, because some of them are very active in this movement. Absolutely. And, and many of them are activists. If, if you look at their social media profiles, they are, they're, they're activists that come into the school building and they perform activism in the school building every day, all day long. They, there's political posters in their classrooms. There's posters that support um, certain uh, candidates for election that parents come in and see during parent-teacher conferences or visits things like that. Um, there's slogans that are, are put out um, with, with images of different political candidates, and it's, it's not an apolitical institution anymore. And that's a, a kind of a narrow word, but uh, industry. It's not an apolitical industry. It's, it's an, teachers coming out of college these days are paid activists. And not, uh, you know, that's a, a broad brush. So you're going to have your your few that that don't subscribe to the the trends of of the moment. That they're more grounded in their thinking and they're critical thinkers. But we have teachers that are coming out equipped with lots of theories and ill-equipped with teaching skill. And it's really a sad state of affairs. And it shows in our test scores, which is where we're really seeing the ineffectiveness of what's coming into our school system. Yes. When you and I were talking earlier, you were mentioning how reading, the reading level in some of these classrooms is at 20%. Uh, yeah. So in some of our schools in, um, and when I say our schools, Utah schools, uh, the proficiency level is, is sitting 20 to 30%. It's, it's abhorrently low. It's very low. So, You've, you've got all these initiatives to, to raise uh, proficiency, but we're still looking at schools that are pumping out, you know, four out of 20 kids, five, six out of 20 kids who are reading at grade level. And that can be researched through uh, USBE has a website. I think it's called the Data Gateway here in Utah. And you can see what your, your school scores are. And some of these buildings have reading, math, and science scores that are, they're just shocking, shockingly low. But they're learning how to uh, disseminate hate and how to create hatred between people based on their color of their skin or based oh, on sexual preference. Absolutely. Um, and they're learning all the things that are wrong with them in someone else's eyes. If, if they believe differently or if they uh, have a different faith tradition, they're, they're immediately pointed at and called out on 
what they believe that's wrong and then it, it's internalized you know it's a very personal thing and so then these kids are told everything that's wrong with them everything that's wrong with their parents everything that's wrong with what they believe and so deeply held belief systems are no longer an option in the public school system you either get on the train or or you're bullied and that happens as a teacher but it also happens as a student far far more often than people want to talk about because it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable to say this is happening and it's wrong because the mob that comes after you is violent. Yeah, it, the, the, uh, the pushback and the, well, I could, I mean, you're here today anonymously because you have to protect your family. You have to protect your career. And the only way to do that here in Utah, we're talking about Utah. We're not in New York City. We're not in Los Angeles. We're in Utah. And this is throughout the state. If you're thinking that this is just a localized area, I've listened to school board meetings up and down the Wasatch Front, and parents are seeing it. Their children are talking about it. We had uh, in the Murray School District where parents realized that the teachers were reading their children, eight years old, about transgenderism and grooming them for that particular behavior. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that goes on in, in all buildings. The, the signs in the library that you walk by, your child is not protected from it, and they are not immune to it. And it is very confusing, and it piques their curiosity, and they ask questions about it because the images are appealing. And, and again, I go back to, I have no qualms about saying it's not about safety and it's not about welcoming. It's about having non-instructional dialogue with students to push an ideology. Well, and we've got to take one more break here before we finish up. So um, I'm grateful that you can stay with us. We need to give some solutions. So we don't want everybody to be in despair, but uh, stay with us. We've got a short break here on the Liberty Mom Show, and we'll be back. of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. You guys, your customer service and everything, you guys are great. And the commercials talk about it, but I don't know if it really gives it true justice. People need to know. This is maybe the most amazing product I've ever tried. It's so pure. It tastes so good. I'm just blown away by it. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code USA. At the American Veterinary Medical Association Annual Convention in Washington, D.C., I spoke with Dr. John Howe, AVMA president, about One Health. One Health is really a collaboration between physicians and veterinarians or public health officials. For example, in Minnesota, our state public health veterinarian deals with zoonotic diseases, rabies, for example. Animals are sentinels for humans, and humans are sentinels for some infections in animals. There's more valuable information at AVMA. 
Awesome and amazing day, friends. It's John and Chelsea Jubilee with Energized Health. You've been hearing our messages for a while. You've heard Wayne Allen Root and his extraordinary testimony of what's been going on. And women, if you have a husband that is struggling or needs a loving nudge, I encourage you to nudge him off the couch and go check out our masterclass on our website, including the amazing testimonials. And these testimonials are just real people. They're not famous or high-level production. This is real people, people talking on their iPhone, people sitting across from their spouse. They share their real story for the past 23 years, tens of thousands of people reversing arthritis, diabetes, high blood pressure, neck pain, back pain, migraine headaches, brain fog, lots of challenging things. Be a beautiful, beloved skeptic. And come check us out at EnergizedHealth.com. That's EnergizedHealth.com. As a follower of Christ, you are created and called for greatness. Now more than ever before, in his powerful sequel to the bestseller, Kingdom Man, Tony Evans, Kingdom Men Rising, calls men to break free of apathetic faith, to take a stand, do more than just exist. You have been called to rise up and influence those around you. Discover how when you get Kingdom Men Rising and learn the art of intentional impact. New from Tony Evans, sponsored by The Urban Alternative. With a Democratic sweep officially in place, we are now at the mercy of tax and spend economics. Get ready for runaway national debt pushing the further devaluation of the dollar. So if you haven't invested in gold, now is the time to protect your savings. Birch Gold Group is the premier precious metals IRA company in America. With an A-plus BBB rating and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold can help you move an eligible IRA or 401k into an IRA backed by gold. Go to birchgold.com slash radio for your free information kit. That's birchgold.com slash radio. Welcome back. We're in our final segment of the Liberty Mom Show. Chris Kimball is hosting today, and I've been having a discussion with a whistleblower from our Utah school education system. Her name is anonymously Anne for today's discussion, and that's so that she can protect her job and and her family. And what a sad state uh, that we live in, a sad sad state of affairs that our teachers cannot be speaking the truth about what they're seeing in the classrooms without a threat from the administration, the unions. I did want to mention, and that at that state central committee, they talked about how the unions were really, really behind this effort, this push to promote critical race theory and and there's other names for it. We talked about this earlier, that they have other names so that you don't just have to get hung up on CRT. It can be called other things, and it's accomplishing the same goal. What would some of those other names be? Oh, uh, anti-racism is is a one that's pretty in vogue right now. Building belonging, believe it or not, sounds really good, but it's all about... Um, about the equity movement and it's embedded with CRT. A uh, couple others are courageous conversations. How to be an anti-racist is usually the small print underneath that. Um, hard conversations is one. Uh, transformation in education is one where critical race theory gets in. Oddly enough, global competencies in 21st century learning. It's all over in there. Uh, human interaction. Uh, addressing bias life skills 
goes back to global competencies and 21st century learning. Your kids are being taught the doctrine of critical race theory every time they go to a life skills class. Um, modern learning environments, uh, optimized education, get your dose of, of the doctrines of critical race theory there. Uh, reflective practitioning, um, you know, educators are, are moving to this word um, called practitioner. So the, the industry is, is kind of shifting from educator and teacher to word practitioners now. And um, reflective practitioner is one where you're going to find heavy doses of, of CRT praxis and, and theory and how to, to instruct through the, the, the praxis of, of critical race theory, restorative justice, restorative practice. Here's a kicker that you see in the news all the time, social and emotional learning. It's all over in, in social and emotional learning, social justice, sustainable culture, uh, systems of oppression. Uh, believe it or not, your trauma-informed instruction has lots of, of critical race theory inside of it. Uh, wellness and uh, white adjacent fallacies is one where you're going to see a lot. And those are just a few of the, hope, the over 70 I, I have on my list. listeners are realizing that this is embedded and it's broad. There's a broad spectrum. And this goes way beyond the words diversity, inclusive, and equity. You know, because those were kind of the three catch words for CRT. It goes way beyond that, as you've just shared with us. And um, absolutely. It, it is a, it's a theology, um, almost like a religion or a faith tradition. It's a theology. Um, and it's something through which you live and breathe. It's a system of belief, not just with like origins and infrastructure of human nature, but also in how that plays out in real time and how you should interact with your world. It, it's a faith tradition, um, pure and simple with the God of self being the head. Exactly. It's a very anti-God, anti-Christ theology. Mm -hmm. And it, why do you need a? You don't need a God. You don't need a Christ because you will be the one that solves your own problems. And there's no forgiveness. It's, it, there's this endless reparation. You have to have the, vic your, the victim mentality, all of this. Everything that would be uh, take that... Christ would have taken upon the cross with him is just embedded in this theology. Yes. Yeah. So we, need to, we need to give some solutions to our listeners so that they're not thinking that, Oh my gosh, what do I do? So Anne, where, where by chance you have children, where do your children get educated? Are they in well, our my schools? Public school can't have my kids. Sorry. They are not in the public school. Um, and and I won't give them to the public school system. I I would make any sacrifice necessary uh, to keep them out of the public school system. Uh, that's how bad I, I I really believe this is. Um, and so no, my children do not attend public school. They go to a, a private institution here in Utah. You know that comment you just made was so powerful because. It says it all. If you are turning your children over to your local public school, you are giving your children to them. Because they honestly think they're your, their kids belong to them when they have them. When you drop them off, they think they own your children. 
That's and it's well, and technically they do. That's something people don't like to to talk about, but it's called in loco parentis, and it's in every district policy across the state. When you drop that child off at the door, the agents of that school district can act as a parent in your place as long as your child is physically on campus. And there are some that that restrict that behavior, and there are some that don't. But it it's a legal term, and it's very scary, and it is in I would bet you money like big money that it's in every school district policy across our state. And so the idea that the school can be the parent of the child is very real and it's very real time. So this is really the, the, the tough love where people have to realize you've got to start making decisions and sure it's going to be tough. It's not easy. It's going to be tough. But if people start pulling their kids out of public school, they start losing funding. Oh, absolutely. You really make them think twice about this agenda that they're taking on. Yes. Yeah, I think that the the solution, first of all, is get your kid out of public school, period, end of story. And if your choice is to homeschool and you need support with that, let's look for support and let's join different co-ops and, and groups that can help support you in the homeschooling process. If it's um, a private school or a an online academy or a faith-based institution. There's lots of options out there and you don't have to recreate the wheel as a parent. There's so many options that are good quality options and there are cohorts and coalitions across this state that can help you um, even as a single parent, as you know, people who are concerned and they feel like it's just not an option for them. There are options you especially in this state because those who have come before have worked very hard for that well and you've got a cadre of teachers who have left the school system because of of common core a lot left and didn't want to be part of that and Mm -hmm. think about what we used to do is when you know 100 years ago a group or a community would hire a teacher to come in and teach and educate their students, their children. And so you can go back to that sort of, if you're feeling like I'm not adequate, but honestly, compared to what they're being taught, you're going to be hard-pressed to do worse than 20% proficiency on reading. Okay? Any parent's going to be able to do better than that. So um, if you had to leave your child in the classroom, because there are some that just, for whatever reasons, cannot make that move, what would you suggest they do to help protect their children? If there's something that they can do. So I personally do not believe the public school is a safe place for any child of any faith tradition. I just don't believe it's a a safe place right now. And that's a really hard place to be as, as a public school educator my suggestion would be to use the processes and procedures that are present and in place to ensure that your child is not bullied and abused. Students have rights in the classroom. They are protected under the Constitution, and most often they're protected by district policy. At least they used to be, like, a month ago. So use that complaint process. If someone bullies your child or suppresses your child's speech or tells them they can't wear their cross necklace or their whatever it might be. 
use that complaint process and don't be afraid to contact an attorney and say, this is not how it works here. I, I think it's important that your child is valued and that their faith tradition is honored um, just the way children who come from the Islamic tradition are honored or those who practice in the Jehovah's Witness tr tradition. They honor their faiths and your child should be as well. And I want to thank you for coming on today and being courageous and sharing and what you've what you've seen firsthand experience in the classroom so that we can protect others. So thank you, thank you for all that you're doing and may God bless your family. Thank you. 